This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk. Like, honestly, let's talk. About something we could all use more of. Sex. Great sex. Uh, now you can increase your performance and that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, which hopefully is often for you. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness. No buying your business. Um, and you don't need to leave the house. All right. Now, right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code GEEK. That's G-E-E-K. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code is G-E-E-K. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use our promo code G-E-E-K, geek, at bluechew.com. You won't regret it. All right, let's do it. All right, welcome everyone to an all new and welcoming back uh, episode of Geek Vibes Live. It has been forever, but news has been incredibly slow. So now, uh, so that tells you one or two things. Um, either there's a lot of stuff to be talked about, or the world is going to open up forcefully very soon. Um, so all this news applies. Uh, but I'm your host, Juwan, and I'm joined by my amazing panel, starting off with Dom Diggity. What's going on, Dom? I'm good, man. You know, I just, uh, I picked me up a Lucille the other day. Um, <laughs> I just got to be careful with it because I got a, a, a eight-year-old in the house, but uh, it's all mine. Is that actual barbed wire? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, Dom, please hide that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need to see your Dateline story about <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, no, but it's good to have you back, Dom. Uh, and the lovely Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hello, everyone. Hope everyone is doing all right this evening. It is really good to be back. I feel like I've wanted to do Geek 5 Live again for so long, but anytime I try to think of actual news, it only consisted of this is getting postponed, this is getting delayed, this is getting postponed. And at some point, you just have to go, everything is postponed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We talked about that. We wanted to bring this show back uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but when there's nothing to report but bad news, you kind of just say, what's the point? Um, that's what social media is for. We use that. Um, but we've been providing you guys with other great content, game night, Star Wars Saturday, uh, Tea Time with Tia, um, Martin and Kathy have their show. There's just so many uh, avenues of content we've been providing you guys. So we didn't die off. Still providing great content, great interviews, great articles. <laughs> Everything's been great over here. 
Um, so we brought it back today, obviously, because there's an enchilada worth of news to get to. Um, so without further ado, let's dive in. All right, so we're going to talk breaking news, which was we are indeed getting a Snyder Cut. It's happening. It's real. People didn't make it up. Zach didn't make it up just to cause anarchy. Um, we are actually getting it. HBO Max will be the uh, the home to which it is shown from uh, next year. Next year we will get it. They probably don't have a date because you can't shoot anything you have to shoot uh, till the world opens back up. Go figure, right? Um, so I will say this before I pass it off to Tia. Um, I don't have a problem with this. I know a lot of people that are very um, indifferent, say they don't care, doesn't matter. Um, to me, it matters a lot because if this comes out, it is a very good way to get the entire cult of Snyder um, to stop talking about being a cult of Snyder. Um, so to me, I wish it the best. I hope it's everything these fans ever dreamed it would be. Um, and then that is it. We don't hear from them. We don't hear from Zach. We don't hear from Ray Fisher. We don't hear from Momoa. I, after this comes out, I don't want to hear Snyder's name. He shouldn't even go by Snyder anymore. Just call yourself Zach. Just say, oh, it's a brand new movie by Zach. <laughs> Zach who? Doesn't matter. He doesn't have a last name. It's just Zach. Um, mainly just because, to me, I like to focus on things that I believe truly matter um, in this universe, which are the Batman that's coming out, Aquaman 2, Wonder Woman 84, whatever decade we, you know, they decide to give us that. Um, you know, the new Shazam, the new Black Adam. So putting all my energy into a movie that's probably nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10, a one-off, just seems unproductive to me. Um, so I do hope, Snyder fans, it is everything you guys have been wanting it to be. You get that uh, last little bit of uh, good feeling out of your system, and then you fully embrace the new DC universe that we have going forward. Um, and I hope you guys um, are okay with the idea that after this, even if it is a billion trillion dollar uh, revenue maker, that there's a good chance Zach won't ever come back to direct anything for DC. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing you guys got to wrap your heads around is that this is a ploy for, I feel, HBO Max to get maximum subscribers. This is not for HBO or Warner Brothers to make you happy. This to them is a win-win. Shut y'all up from all the emails and phone calls they probably, probably have been getting since Justice League came out and gets them the numbers that they need to, uh, to meet to make HBO Max, uh, HBO Max very lucrative. Um, so that's how I view it. Um, and again, anyone who loves Snyder, loves this cut or whatever, I respect you. I'm glad you guys are getting what you want, but I need you to focus on what matters. And that's making sure that DC is no longer the little brother of this superhero universe, okay? Need you guys to focus on making all the DC movies lucrative. Um, so we can talk talk about DC in the same vein as Marvel rather than saying, hey, you guys know what I hate? All the DC movies ever made. You know, I'd like us to get out of that mind frame uh, and talk more positive about the entire universe as a whole. But all right, Tia, I've said everything I needed to say. I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on this Snyder Cut being approved 
Um, it's actually happening. Comes out next year on HBO Max. Your thoughts on the idea of it being real? Because that was a question you had. Um, and then your idea on uh, where you kind of see this just going past um, it being released. Do you see it being the end of Snyder? Uh, Snyder's hold over uh, the DC universe? Like after this, you can go back to where we were four days ago when we didn't even think this was, <laughs> this was a thing. Um, so first of all, I have to say, you know, technically the Snyder cut doesn't exist because he has to go in and do reshoots and bring back the original score people and all of that to finish this cut. So technically the Snyder cut does not exist. He's making the Snyder cut. He's just being given permission now. No, but, um, I don't know. To me, my whole problem with the Snyder cult is have been always that, they can't accept anything that, say, isn't Snyder. Um, any other director, like, with, uh, say, you know, to me, Snyder cultists often dislike the MCU. So when Wonder Woman 84 came out with its uh, trailer, people were like, the, the Snyder cultists were like, oh, look how terrible it's going to be now that Zack Snyder isn't even a little bit involved in Wonder Woman, you know, 84. They always seem to want to compare it. Um, and it's like, to me, that's exhausting. And I feel like that's not going to change once the Snyder Cut comes out. I feel like they're going to be reinvigorated. They're going to especially, because I think what, the Batman, the Batman comes out in 2021, which is the same exact time that the Snyder Cut is going to be coming out. So with those two coming out, you're going to have Ben Affleck back as Batman, maybe not, you know, him going back and doing, but back in front of our eyes doing it. And then you're going to have Robert Pattinson. So I think there's going to be a huge comparison between Zack Snyder's vision and Matt Reeves's vision. That's not really fair to Matt Reeves or Robert Pattinson, but I will say that, I really never thought that this was going to happen. I was very much one of the people vocal um, saying that I was just so tired of hearing the release of Snyder Cut people. If you didn't like a movie, you didn't like a movie. Stop demanding that there's a director's cut just because you can't accept that a movie is bad. But I was saying to Juwan beforehand that I will accept the fact that this movie was mostly Josh Whedon's uh, movie. And so in reality, Zach didn't get to, you know, bring out his full vision, but that happens. I don't know if people out there realize that is Hollywood. Lots of actors, lots of directors don't get to put out their original vision. Uh, scripts are edited and changed. This is why we have deleted scenes. I just want everyone to get a hold of that, that that is a thing. No movie is ever going to be the same from the script. So please, everyone, realize that. The last thing I will say is, so if the release of Snyder Cut people can bully WB into releasing the Snyder Cut, I want us Daredevil fans to bully Marvel into saving Daredevil. So that's my piece. Time to bully studios. Juwan, you're on mute right now. Yeah, no, I see it. I see it. I'm sorry. 
Um, <laughs> I will say it doesn't work like that with Feige. Um, he does not bend to our will. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think if that were the case, um, we would have seen a lot more of what we – like, if Snyder listened to us in our fullest capacity, we would have had the defenders in in game. Um, and I think with them not being – You mean Feige. Feige, sorry, Feige. Um, <laughs> I think he would – I think if, you know, what we said truly mattered to him, that would have been, like, at least somewhat of a cameo. Um, like, him working with Netflix to kind of kind of pull that off, it would have been great for both of them. Um, but us not even getting that, I think that was his way of kind of going, no, 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 I heard you, but no. Um, so, I mean <laughs> – I didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I didn't really listen. Um, so, my mindset with that is always he's probably just going to recast. It, it's It's – like, to me, I'd rather say he'll recast and then be pleasantly surprised that he keeps them rather than going, oh, no, no, no. They're too good of actors to to not keep them. And then he recasts yeah. them, and I'm heartbroken. Like, I did that with Ben. I said, yeah. all right, he's going to be my Batman. <laughs> he's going to be my Batman. And then he came out and was like, I'm not going to be your Batman. And that hurt me. And Joel kept telling me, like, dude, you should probably a, But that is a little bit more realistic because we've had a thousand different Batmans. We've only had one other Daredevil. I'm just saying. We've had a lot of different Batmans. There's all new Batmans at this point is like new James Bond. There will always be a passing of the torch. Right, but not that, like think about Batman movies, Tia. They're usually about a decade apart. Um, this was legit. <laughs> it was only Batman for like two or three years, and he was like, nah, "I can't do this." <laughs> um, so hopefully, that's not a trend that Robert Pattinson continues. Um, but back to what we were talking about, uh, and I'm passing to you, Don. I, I, I view it. I view it like I was telling Tia uh, before we we started. I view it like a test, right? So you have this student that studies every day, day in, day out, to to get an A on their test, right? They worked really hard. Then you have the other kid who doesn't really apply himself much, tries to do it, maybe doesn't really get it, and the teacher goes, "Hey, come here. Tell you what, come back tomorrow. I'll let you retake the test." Do you know what that means to the kid that sat in their bedroom day in, day out to get an A on that test? The fact that, oh, if you didn't do well, you can just come back tomorrow and do it. To them, it hurts. So to me, Dom, I view it to where I look at a guy like Josh Trank, and we know that he wasn't able to do everything he wanted to do with Fantastic Four. And Fox was just like, what you put out is what you put out. That's it. You don't get to come back and do an extended cut. Um, And then we look at David Ayer. Uh, and that's why I was telling Tia, I don't want there to be a trickle effect. I don't want this to come out. And then David Ayer stands are like, well, he said he has a whole better suicide squad in the tub. Let him finish it. You know, I don't want that because Zach already started something I hated when he released the extended cut for BVS. I don't like that. What you give me in the theater should be uh, the final product. Um, now, if you wanted to add some deleted scenes in, like Tia was saying, knock yourself out. But when you tell me I spent $15, $16 on a ticket only for you to go, that's not even really what I wanted to show y'all. <laughs> Why did I pay for it? Right. <laughs> Why did I pay? Why did you wait until after the movie came out to kind of go, mm, y'all should wait for that DVD? I would have just waited for the DVD. So to me, I'm not a fan of that. What you put out is is what you put out. Once it's out, that's it. 
Um, so to me, I, I kind of just don't want this to snowball. I'm not saying it will. I'm not getting dramatic here. I'm not saying it will. Um, but we already get people, if you check David Ayer's Twitter, all day today, it was nothing but, well, Zach did it. You next? And David Ayer's like, well, you never know. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't right. let them believe your hope. Just say, I've spoken to no one. No one's spoken to me. Um, but if you guys want, you could do what you did for Zach, for me, if you want. Like, I'd rather him say that than, no, maybe. Right. Don't do that. But, Dom, how, how do you see the situation? Um, are you excited for this Snyder Cut? Uh, are you just ready for this to be over? How do you view it? Well, <clears throat> clearly, uh, Snyder has all the DC clout, right? But what if his cut is terrible? What are they going to do then? <laughs> right? That's my first thing. I was like, what if it's terrible? Y'all did all this spending money and making shirts and doing all this stuff for nothing. And then if it's good, okay, so since he does get to do some reshoots and doing some extra stuff, could he possibly try to retcon the one that was released and make his, like, the official, kind of, you know, the unofficial official one that kind of leads into the next movie to where people omit the one that was released and make his the one that they recognize as the the true uh, cut, and 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 that's disrespectful to like what was put out. I mean, it's not like you said; it's not Joss Whedon's fault, and it's not Zach's fault. He has something to take care of, but you don't come in and just like disrespect somebody. Like you, I mean, it's kind of like you're saying. It's like if I was to like make my girl a pizza. And then my neighbor says, no, nah, your pizza's trash, and, like, throws mine on the floor and makes her another one. <laughs> yeah, she gets to eat, but, like, I made that specifically. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I I, I do want it to be over. Like, I, they don't bother me as much on Twitter because I um, – people don't argue with me that much, I think, because they somehow get in, intimidated by me, even though they've never really seen me in person. But um, – yeah, I think it's just it was a lot of it was it was fun at, at first. Like, oh, we want to see what could have been, but I feel like it should have been something that like should have always been a what if, a what if you should have never planned to release it. Which is why I think that there was a, a ploy by Warner Brothers and HBO to like, all right, we got this rollout, we got all these uh, streaming services. What can we do to like really just spice it up? Hey, how about we let you shoot? your cut that you that everybody wants. All right, how much money am I gonna get? You know what I mean? Like and I don't say he's doing it for the money, but I'm sure that the paycheck is hefty. Um but yeah it it just I mean the fact that you're rolling out with HBO Max and I get that's you know strategy and how businesses operate, but it's a very clear example of like we're just doing this so we can get X amount of subscribers in X amount of time. Um so, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm not going to not watch it. But am I excited for it? Not necessarily. Um, because I'm going to go into it probably thinking, like, this is probably going to be possibly terrible. This is too much of, like, thinking of should we try to outdo the one that came out? Should we try to, like, undo some things? Or do I actually put out exactly what I was going to do? Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean – it's 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 funny because I was telling Tia, my mindset is neutral. 
Um, I I didn't hate the cut that came out. Um, could it have been better? Yeah, sure, definitely, 100%. Um, honestly, and this is no shade whatsoever, Dom, I view Justice League the same way I view Age of Ultron. It was all right. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> um, you know, Josh Whedon came out and said, uh, you know, I had an extended cut that was a little bit better than what came out. I wouldn't be rushing to see it because at this point it just right. it doesn't matter. Um, but I would watch it with the idea of thinking, well, it can't be worse. You know, it can't necessarily, but it all depends on how you view it. So if, uh, for example, if you didn't really like Justice League, you're not thinking it could get better. You're thinking Zach did do some of that before he had to leave and Josh Whedon took over. So it could be worse. What if Zach's contribution was some of the bad? Right. So I think if anything, if anything, if they wanted to put it out, uh, I think either you or AJ was talking about that DC to focus on animation more. I think they should do it as an animated movie to where like you know that it's not gonna uh, interfere with the actual DZEU and do an animated movie and you can do whatever you wanted to plus a little bit more because animation and then everybody's kind of pleased you get a new animated movie plus you get the cut that you wanted to see. I will say uh, and again no shade that was AJ's statement. I would never do something like that. Um, I would never suggest we should have more animated over live action. Uh, we've worked that too hard to get AJ with uh, Star Wars. No, he also said uh, he he uh, he wouldn't mind some more DC animation over over live action. Uh, I believe I believe he did say. I, I it's something AJ would say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like AJ might have said it. Um, huge shouts out to AJ. I'm, uh, looking forward to doing Star Wars Saturday with him. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I, he I, throws I, in some shade. <laughs> just a little bit, but AJ knows I love him. AJ knows I love him. Um, but no, I mean, I, I just view it to where I'm like, again, I just hope this is a great situation for everyone. The studio gets what it wants. We get what we want and the cult fans get what they want. Um, and everyone's happy. We walk out of it happy. They can watch that 6 billion times and think it's the greatest DC movie ever made by God himself, Zack Snyder. <laughs> we can go. We're finally done. We can move forward. And the studio makes all the money. Uh, that's how it usually goes. So I'm hoping that's how this goes. Um, but all right, let's move on to some more DC news. Something that I told Tia Dom, I call B. Yes. I want to read exactly what the quote is. And the next topic that we got is Ruby Rose um, has exited Batwoman. Uh, Batwoman loses its star. It's been reported Ruby Rose was unhappy with the long hours required of her as the series lead, which led to friction on set. It was thus decided by her and the network and studio Warner Brothers Television that they would part ways. That is the biggest crock of a bullshit that I have ever heard in my life. Um, my question would be, Ruby, when you sign as the main character, how often did you think you were going to be on set? Like, what, what, what did you think? Did you think you would have to show up once every three weeks and, and that's all you had to do? Stuntman would do everything else? Like, to me, logically, that does not make sense. There's something disconnected there. And, Dom, I was telling Tia, I can uh, – not connect. I compare this to when Ben originally just said he lost the love 
of being Batman. That's bullshit. Right. That's BS. He didn't lose the love of it. He didn't like the direction that they were trying to, to chart him in. Because remember, the tone change. It's like, Ben, you excited to direct and star? Oh, I can't wait. I am so right. excited. Then it's like the SpongeBob me six hours later. <laughs> I can't direct this. It is too stressful. I'm just going to star. You get Matt Reeves in, and then it's three hours later. I can't even star in it. Like, what? <laughs> Come on. That many, that many, like, you know what I'm saying? Come on. Um, so, I mean, look, again, because I, I'm on this wave of trying not to be overtly negative. Um, if this did prove to be too much for her um, and she was losing the passion of it, by all means, step aside. Um, but to me... You know when they say when there's smoke, there's a fire. I am smelling like it's 420 up in here. That's how much smoke I am <laughs> from this crock of BS that Ruby Rose in the studios is giving us. Um, Dom, I was telling to you, I actually thought Batwoman was the superior show out of all the CW shows this year. Um, wow. I loved it from the jump. I remember telling Joelle after episode one, I was like, I kind of love this show. <laughs> and then it progressively got better and better and better and better. And I, I, I don't know if you follow it or not, Don, but its season finale had a huge, huge WTF moment um, where it revealed to us who our Bruce Wayne is of the CW. Um, so that was, that was like, what? We get Bruce Wayne? Um, and I wanted to add that to you, Tia. So Ben's Batman will be on screen next year. Robert Pattinson's Batman will be on screen next year. CW's Batman, no, not Batman, Bruce Wayne will be on screen next year. And Titans' Bruce Wayne will be on screen next year. So we got four Bruce Waynes to look forward to next year. Um, that's what I said when I thought about it. I'm like, this is like, this is like a dream come true. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I, this is this is a dream and a dream and a dream and a dream. Um, but no, I I don't I don't really believe this honestly. Um, I I'm very skeptic of it. Um, a lot of people were saying the the ratings weren't that well. It wasn't well received. Um, but I I would make the case CW shows rarely are. I mean, just it. I've never once came across like an editor that was like, "Yo, you didn't see Flash last night." Man, you missed it. I've never heard that in my life. Um, but, I mean, I personally love it. So, to me, you know, I watch it regardless. Um, but, Dom, I'm going to go to you first. How are you feeling about this, man? Does this sound skeptical a little bit? Or do you really think maybe she just got in a little over over her head? I think it's a, a, uh, I think it's a little of both. I think... She shouldn't have been cast in the first place. I like Ruby Rose. I really do. But her her whole brand is I'm cool and sexy and laid back, right? That's everything she gets cast in, she's always cool, sexy, laid back. She's never a leading a leading lady because she's traditionally, from what I've understood when she first started out in the entertainment industry, she wasn't an actor. She was like... Um, a host on like TV shows in like Australia or something like that. Um, so she's not like traditionally an actor. She don't really have like, she has the chops for it, but she don't have the drive to wanna, it seems like at least, to wanna be like 
the star on the cover of all the magazines and the posters and stuff. So I think she bit off a little more than she could chew a little bit because she probably thought like, oh, it's nothing. I'll put some tight stuff on and I'm Ruby Rose and I'll just go out here and do my thing. And then not realizing that the superhero world is probably the biggest world in entertainment in general. And you, did you not realize like when you're stepping into here, you're going to be this character for some people forever. So if you're going to go in half-ass it, don't even do it. So I don't know if she thought that the, the maybe the check was huge or she thought like, oh, I'm going to be this first, you know, character that hasn't been, you know, had a, its own show like that. I don't know what was her mindset, but I want to know why she was the choice um, for Batwoman because, I mean, if I had to like, make a list i'm sure i could find some more popular more qualified people to play the role um because her buzz isn't what it used to be as far as like you know when she was on like orange the new black they're like oh my god i'm gonna watch this season because uber rose is on there um but yeah i think her her buzz died so i don't think she was necessarily that big of a draw for that reason um i know my mom loved the show i haven't seen it personally um but yeah, I, I feel like it's a little bit of both. I feel like it might have been too stressful, but then also, <laughs> not to make a terrible comparison, but like, the, uh, like Treyway, the nine trades, shouldn't have let 6 9 in that group because you knew he went about that life. Ruby Rose went about this, this uh, superhero life, you know what I mean? So they, they should have never brought her in the first place. Luckily, in the comic book world, characters, are strong enough to live on so they can replace her and keep it pushing without, you know, anybody noticing um, besides that Harvey Rose fans. But it's, it's a bad look on her and it's going to probably be detrimental for her in the future with future roles. But see, I, I was telling Tia, I, outside of the flash, maybe, and I won't speak on Supergirl, even though I saw a season and I, I just, it's. <laughs> um. CW outside of the flash, I don't think has strong actors and actresses. I, I, I really don't. Uh, if you feel as though they do, anyone, anyone that watches any uh, geek vibes nation fans, I respect your opinion. I flash has the best actors, hands down. It, it's not even close. Um, so when she got cast, I'm like, if anyone watched season one of arrow and thought Stephen Amell would turn into what he ended up turning into, I'd call you a liar. He seemed just so dry and boring. And I'm like, this isn't the green era I just saw in Justice League Unlimited. What, what is this? You know? Um, but he grew into being a dark, brooding guy. Then he became funnier. Then he became more talented. Um, so I'm like, it, it's a thing you work on. So when she got cast, I'm like, I didn't need my Ruby up. Uh, my Ruby Rose. I didn't need my Batwoman to be a phenomenal actress. I just needed her to be somebody I didn't mind looking at. Um, and could pull off being really cool. And she did both. Um, so I'm like, you know, I'm not heartbroken that she's gone, but it just sucks because I'm like, you're the lead role. Like, I'd understand if you played, like, the commissioner's daughter that we saw for, like, three seconds in an episode. All right, who cares? Um, but you're the lead role. That'd be like if, if um, we see season one of Daredevil, right? And we're like, yo, Charlie Cox might be one of the best actors I've ever seen. And Charlie Cox is like... 
I didn't know I'd have to be in a mask and suit all day. Like, I ain't trying to do this. Like, what? It's like, yeah, I don't want to play Daredevil for season two. Wait, what? You know, like that to me is different. Or if John Bernthal's like, I know I signed on to do this, but all this guns and violence, I don't really like it. I don't want to do it no more. What? What did you think when you signed on? What did you think you'd be doing? Like, what, what is this? So to me, I look at it and I, 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 only reason I think it's BS dumb is because to say you got in over your head would be like if uh, we heard rumblings that halfway through shooting this, she didn't really want to continue to do it. Right. right. But it came out after, which makes me think something else is amiss, you know? And to me, it's like when you sign on to be the lead, like she was in, she was in, uh, the triple X movie with Vin Diesel, right? He was the lead. She was the mm-hmm. co-star, even in John Wick. So when you look at Vin Diesel and, um, and Keanu Reeves and you see how they're there like literally every day for like eight, 18 to, to 20 weeks, you kind of just say to yourself, oh, it works differently for TV. No, it, that's how it works <laughs> for leads. Like that's right. how much time you spend there. So to me, there's no way you signed on not knowing you'd spend this much time filming. Um, so I don't like it, but Dom, me and Tia were saying Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, had expressed some interest in playing Batwoman. Um, she wrote on Twitter, uh, hashtag reading all these, uh, all this stuff about Batwoman. Uh, and then the guy that plays Lucius's son in the show just did like the wide eyeballs underneath her comment. Right. Um, so, I mean, I would love it. I, I, I immediately wrote under her post. Batwoman or She-Hulk? Make your choice. Either or. Make your choice, girl. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's just so many talented uh, actresses out there um, that could do the role. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I have no, uh, you know, no worries that they'll find someone that's suitable to fill in. Hopefully, uh, they start making these actors sign 18-year contracts. Like like Suge Knight did back in the day, um, because too many of these actors are leaving way too quickly. Um, yeah, she uh, she definitely sullied her name a little bit because I yeah. know um, that a lot of actors don't get consistent work. You would have had the most consistent work, and you were like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to do it. That's why I told Tia, "There's so many passionate actors and actresses that would." kill to have a role like that like that etches you in infamy forever like you'll have a cult following 30 years from now that are coming to these conventions to see you even if that's the only acting gig you've ever had right they'll still come and support you because that character meant that much to them so i'm like for you to kind of just kind of go eh, nah, nah i don't want it there's someone sitting at home like agent call them now you know, tell them I will work everyone's roles if they need me to. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I just look at it and I don't, I, I don't really like that. I, I don't really like that. It kind of feels like you're, you're looking down on, on the role and what the role means to so many people. Um, because when they announced doing this show, there were so many, um, you know, uh, people that came out and was like, finally, representation. You know, there could be gay heroes out there. Finally. Right. Um, so for you to kind of just go, eh, no. And especially on a network like CW, which is 
traditionally been a family-friendly network and to show people that the CW recognizes LGBT rights as being normal and being family-friendly, that was huge. And then you get someone like Ruby Rose, who was within the LGBT community, quite a icon in the LGBT community to play this character. That was massive. That was so huge um, to have that there, for it to be a TV show that's doing it. While people are scrambling going, when is Marvel going to give us more than two seconds of representation? When is DC going to give us an actual character? And DC TV was just like, here you are. And it's like, thank you. Thank you for that. And like, see that, okay, not to like go on a really off tangent that makes no sense, but like CW has been doing the work. They bring in Batwoman, and they have on Supergirl, which I know you don't like Supergirl. I've never even watched Supergirl, Juan. But I do know for a fact that they have a trans uh, woman on the show playing a superhero. Mm -hmm. It's like CW is just giving everyone kind of what they want, but then some shit like this happens, and it's like, oh, come on, Ruby Rose, come on. Like, I don't know what it's like to be an actor. I'm not going to claim to know their schedule, but regular working class Americans know that Monday through Friday, you work in 40 to 50 hours to get a paycheck, right? We don't necessarily want to be working those 40 to 50 hours, but we want a paycheck. Don't you guys want a paycheck? It'd be so nice to be like, listen, I don't really feel like working all these hours, but can you give me the same amount of money for those hours? I'll just come in like, three hours every other day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I tried that at my job once. I tried telling my boss, hey, man, this is a lot of hours. And he's like, well, I'm paying you pretty well. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But, like, these hours, man. And he was like, well, I could fire you. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Relax. I'll work the hours. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it, it doesn't work like no, that. Only, that direction, right? Yeah, no, it did not work out for me. But, like, only in entertainment can that work. Like, a comedian can come out and go, I told bad jokes tonight. Had an off night. You guys still paid me. Like, could you picture if you work in the restaurant industry and you brought someone burnt food and you're like, hey, still get to keep your money and you have to tip me. You know, they'd be like, I wouldn't really care. You know, they'd drop your steak, pick it up, let you know they dropped it because it doesn't matter. Um, like only in entertainment can that work to where you could come out, sing five minutes of your set and then go, this is a lot for me. I can't do anymore. And then like, no one gets their money back. Like I still performed a little bit, you know? So I'm like, I look at this and I kind of go, I'm with you Tia. I've never acted before in my life. I don't know what it takes to be on set, uh, eight to 10 hours a day or whatever, uh, for however many days a week. Um, but I do know this. If you said, Juwan, Dom, Tia, I'm going to pay you guys about, I don't know, six to eight million dollars uh, for you guys to kind of just put your body through it on set every day for about eight hours a day for about like, I don't know, 30 weeks. We would say, yeah, no, Sammy. I'll do it. <laughs> And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you, no, like, see, I'd be signing before they finish talking. Like, you don't even know what you're going to do. It does <laughs> not matter. Like, we're going to have you wrestle alligators. Like, I don't um, care. <laughs> you, what is that? Um, isn't there like a, 
a comic book strip when Tony is trying to get Spider-Man onto his team and he's like, is there money? And he's like, I have money. And he's like hugging him and it's like, that's how I feel. Is there money? Yes? Okay. I'll, I'll do it. That. I'll do it. No, exactly. So, I mean, I, I just look at it to where I'm kind of like, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but the beat goes on. Uh, we've, we've seen that recently with Batman. Um, the beat goes on. It, it, the world doesn't stop. Um, I don't know what it is with these bat characters, uh, these bat actors that just refuse to stay. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. Very oh, oh, before we move to uh, something else, while we're on bat people, yeah. How do y'all feel about Robert Pattinson not wanting to like bulk up for the character? Like I saw, he said that he didn't want to set a president for the future. I'm like, you're playing the superhero, bro. I need you brolic. I need you to look like Goku. Thank you. God mode. Thank like, you. What are you talking about? Okay. All right. I'm going to tell no, you wait, that. Wait, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tia. Duh. Juwan and I disagreed on this because I literally messaged him and I was like, we have to talk about this. And he, you know, said, I will wait. And, you know, Juwan, is, he loves his Batman, so of course he's being very diplomatic and going, I will wait to see. And to me, I just felt like, this is the pretentiousness that everyone has felt that Robert Pattinson has possessed for years, and we have pushed it away to go, you know what, let's give Robert Pattinson a chance to be Batman. And then he comes out saying some shit like this, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's why I didn't like Robert Pattinson in the past. It's like, you're right, Dom. You signed up for this role. And I understand body image and all of that, you know, like... Uh, I'm a huge advocate for freaking, you know, not every actress out there has to be the size of a pencil, right? Like, I'm in it for that, all of that. Like, you know, David Harbour is, like, way sexier than most of the men, and he is a thick man, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I am, like, body positivity, you know? But when you're a superhero, like, look at Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd got, like, abs of steel when he became Ant-Man. Chris Pratt was a little larger and he slimmed the fuck down for his role in Guardians. I don't know that character. I don't know the guy's name who's going to be in the Eternals. Um, Kamel Nanjiani? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the way he tra- it's like you're a superhero. It's what's expected of you. And it's like you at, just as we were just talking about Batwoman, Robert Pattinson, when you signed on the dotted line, you didn't know that you have to bulk up a little like it's not just one thing as oh he doesn't have to be so so shredded you know but he's saying pretty much that like uh his trainers are begging him to work out and he's refusing and i'm like then why are you batman (laughs) so that's how i feel about it it's just like you know you know that i didn't necessarily like ben affleck's batman but the man got brawling for the freaking character. It's like Christian Bale worked out for it. It's like you work out. Listen, if again, if I got signed to be a superhero and they were like, you're going to have to be in the gym eight hours a day, I'd be like, okay, fine. I'm playing a superhero and I'm getting a lot of money for it. <laughs> well, I view it completely it. differently. And the reason why is, A, rock. I don't know why I was going to say Robin Thicke. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> um, that is really weird that Robin Thicke just popped in my head. Wow. Wow. Um, Robert Pattinson, sorry, 
um, is naturally built and slender, right? That's A. B, we have had numerous Bruce Waynes that were not A, muscular, or B, bulk. Uh, example A, Michael Keaton's Batman. Example B, Val Kilmer's Batman. Example C, okay, that was back in, George Clooney's Batman. That was back in the 80s when, like, Oh my God! So next thing you're gonna say is Adam West. That's back in the day before. No, 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 like, no, no. Of course you know, I would go Adam even West. Care. <laughs> of course You'd I would like go Adam West. You know. <laughs> my point. My point is to you, Bruce Wayne is not a character that naturally needs to be that brolic. He's not playing Thor. He's not playing Cap. He does not need to be that brolic. Robert uh, Robert Downey Jr. did very little exercising to be Tony Stark. Why? Because you don't need to be a buff Tony Stark. Jeremy Renner, when's the last time you saw photos of him getting shredded in the gym? You don't need to be a bulk Hawkeye. There's different right, but I don't care about Jeremy Renner. <laughs> There's Hawkeye. different interpretations of Batman. There are a lot of comic runs where Batman's size, like his exact size, is exactly what Robert Pattinson looks like right now. That's A. And B, if the man's not taking his shirt off ever and he's spending most of this movie in the Batman suit, what does it matter? What, is, what does it matter? Like, the reason why Ben's mattered is because he was playing a Batman that was built. That 50-year-old Batman was short and brolic from Dark Knight Returns. So there was no in-between playing around. You had to be that brolic. Um, but to me, I don't have any. Does it sound pretentious? Sure. Won't argue that. Sure. Sure. But to me, the reason why I don't have a problem with it is because when that article came out, I didn't hear anything from Matt Reeves uh, or anything from anybody saying Matt Reeves pissed when he heard that. So if Matt Reeves doesn't care, I don't really care, man. I just want a good Batman movie. If he's as thin as as a pin, um, you know. Look, all I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. If the movie is good, there's just some things that just don't really bother me and I already like his build I don't know if you guys have seen Robert Pattinson lately but he's not small <laughs> like he's not Twilight small pretty built um but if he's saying he doesn't want to get Christian Bale Ben Affleck built I wouldn't want to Ben lived in the gym like that was his home <laughs> he went to sleep and woke up in the gym uh the guy is still exercising now to look like that so to me if that's what he wants to do, and he's bringing us one of the best Batmans we've ever seen, I can live with it. I don't, I don't, I don't really have that much that much of a problem. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's just where I stand at it. <laughs> just saying. But all right, let's move on. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Dom, because Tia definitely didn't want to talk about that, and I'm glad <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> um, all right, let me find – oh, here we go. So to some more news that apparently upset a lot of people uh, I, I saw, and I saw YouTube being the, uh, the, uh, the leading force of defending this. And the topic is Marvel Studios is actively looking for a female director to helm Captain Marvel sequel. And mm. one of the names being mentioned is Game of Thrones Breaking Bad director Michelle McLaren. Um, the director chosen could also helm New Avengers. I don't really want to worry about New Avengers. Um, I'll go more so into the direct news of uh, Michelle being thought about to do uh, the next Captain Marvel. 
to me, and I more so I put this topic in here to talk about what we were discussing on Twitter, which was people saying, uh, if they're a good director, they should direct. Shouldn't matter if they're male, female, straight, gay, whatever, whatever. And I would say to them, I look at Christopher Nolan and I go, I'd say to a degree, Christopher Nolan's a better director than Ryan Coogler. I wouldn't really argue that, right? You would say he has more, uh, he has a larger resume. He has more hits. Ryan Coogler's just starting. You would take Christopher Nolan over Ryan Coogler any day. You know where I wouldn't want to take Christopher Nolan over Ryan Coogler? Is when you're making a movie telling me about the black struggle. Because there's <laughs> no one that knows about the black struggle more than Christopher Nolan, right? Because he's been through it. He knows what it's like uh, to be black and to survive in the world. Um, you know, so I look at that and I kind of go, you can't just say, oh, well, the best director can handle it. No, I kind of need you to know what you're talking about. Like, you know, by making a movie about a female, it doesn't have to be a female that tells the story, but it doesn't hurt to have one to tell the story. Like, that's what I wasn't getting from people being upset about, well, what's the big deal about it being a woman? What is your big deal about <laughs> about the idea of it being a woman? Like, it's not going to take away anything from the movie. So I, I look at it and I kind of go, I like getting it from a woman's perspective about a story of a woman. Like, I, I think that's great. So to me, I look at it and I kind of go, I think people just really have men. And, and this is something that I've heard a lot of women say, but I didn't really give much credence to it but there are a lot of men that are very insecure about being a man that anything women do threatens everything of their life and I didn't really believe it until I saw that Twitter post and how angry it seemed the guy was about a female director directing Captain Marvel and I'm just like how insecure do you have to be to kind of go, well, why does the woman have to direct a woman? Oh, well, maybe because she knows levels of, you know, uh, that character or levels of being a woman that could help that story a lot more than if a guy just came in there and go, hey, just put your hands up, blast stuff. You know, you know what to do. It's like, you know, you'd kind of want a little bit more care to it. So I look at it and I kind of go, you would not have someone Hispanic, white or Asian or Indian directing Black Panther. You just couldn't give much to it. Sure, you can make the visuals great. You can make the characters interesting. But then when it goes into the in-depth uh, feeling of how are you able to convey this story to where it hits the market you're trying to hit, they would say, I don't know. They'd have to go poll. They'd have to have – it'd be a white director with an all-black staff. <laughs> and you know how crazy that would be? It's like, well, if you need that, go get a black director. What is the fuss for? So I look at this and I kind of go, I applaud Marvel. We need more female directors. Um, I want a female director to helm a major Marvel movie. I want a female director for an Avengers film. Um, because we've seen what Avengers films have done for the Russo brothers. Um, I mean, every studio they go to, the studio is like, yeah, sure. Wait, aren't you the guys that did Avengers? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever movie you want to make. I saw 21 Bridges. That shouldn't have been made. But when you do the Avengers, you're able to do stuff like that. So to me, I want to see more female directors get large exposure. And right now, there's no bigger exposure than doing 
A, winning an Oscar, or B, doing a superhero movie. Um, so I would love if she, uh, if she did get the, uh, the part to direct Captain Marvel and also got to do the new Avengers. Um, you know, I would love for that. And we do need more female directors, uh, both in DC, Marvel, Valiant, uh, Sony, all aspects of big, big, big movies. Um, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. But uh, Tia, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, your thoughts on the news of Michelle being uh, eyed to direct Captain Marvel um, and the idea of them kind of wanting to go one director and it being a female director. So I'm glad that you um, brought up the Black Panther thing because I actually put that in that Twitter post. Uh, this guy was kind of engaging me and I said, imagine if Black Panther was um, directed by a white guy. And I forget really his comeback. It was something like, well, there was this other Black he said, uh, director. It was good. He said um, Dolomite is my name was directed by a white guy, but I was like, Eddie Murphy was the executive producer. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, I, once that like came, went, once he threw that, I was like, okay, you're not, you're not interested in having like a, a decent conversation here. Uh, I correlate to when you have all these people who are responding to this announcement that they're looking for a female director and they go, well, why can't it be a man? It reminds me of, and I know this is an extreme case, um, but when Black Lives Matters came out and then of course people had to go, well, all lives matter. And it's like wanting a female director is not saying that all men are scum, you know, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, of course men are directors, you know, they can do a, gr a great job, you know? But the first Captain Marvel had two directors, a man and a woman, and it felt like, you know, this is a movie that you're trying to talk about, the female voice, and it's like, why not just give it to a woman? And I tried to say also in the, the Twitter post where I was like, I don't know what it is. It's like men are, certain men, not you guys, obviously, but certain men are insecure, but also feel like a woman won't do a good job. That's just going to be all sunshine rainbows. They're going to get like a version of bridesmaids or something. And I'm like, a woman directed Hurt Locker, a woman directed American Psycho. I don't have any others on top of my head, but those are two men-led movies that are serious and all that. So what makes you think that a woman couldn't bring that to a Captain Marvel movie? So I don't know much about this woman um, or anything, so I can't say much about her, but I just think the response to it was just like insane. Like, why do we have to keep dealing with this? Um, I don't remember there being this sort of backlash to anything Wonder Woman. It's like Wonder Woman is very um, like feminist. You have a woman coming from an all women nation with a woman directing it, but people seem to kind of not give that any flack. And I could be wrong. You guys could, of course, correct me there. But it seems like anything with Captain Marvel, people just instantly kind of want to just bash it. And so, I don't know. I just kind of stopped paying attention to the comments after that. I was like, oh, cool. They want to get a female director. Awesome. And then I just left it at that eventually. Yeah. Unfortunately, where Captain Marvel lends itself to being scrutinized, uh, albeit it's uh, unnecessary uh, scrutiny, uh, Brie Larson got very political 
on her um on her rollout of that movie like the highest form of uh political you could get um and n- let me not say no one a lot of people didn't like it um and then you fast forward to the release of the movie a lot of people felt as though it was very much in your face of like you guys kind of suck um like it, it's a woman's world and you guys suck um and i i didn't feel that at all um you know the only thing that and Joel pointed it out, and I laughed when I when I went back to go rewatch it was um, when they were pointing out the uh, when the aliens were kind of like scanning people to see like if they were a threat, and like how it showed Captain Marvel was a threat, uh, Monica Rambo was a threat, and then like uh, Nick Fury wasn't a threat at all. It was kind of like. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. I I, do love that <laughs> I I I love that because I just felt like it was kind of. I- I don't know. The whole dynamic between Carol Dan- Danvers and Nick Fury was hilarious in that. So for him to be like, you know, this big macho guy and for them to be like, oh, you're not really a threat. I don't know. Like in my head, I never perceived it as, oh, it's because he's a man. I just perceived it as, oh, it's more poking fun at Nick Fury because that's what we're kind of doing in this movie is kind of poking at him, you know, but in a hilarious way. Like, to me, in the next Captain Marvel, I would love if Nick Fury showed back up because personally, that was one of my favorite things about the movie was their like uh, they were just in, they were so good together. Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson seemed to have a really great chemistry with each other. So to me, I didn't perceive it that way. I didn't look at that and go, "Oh, it's because he's a guy." I just thought, again, we're this is poking fun at Nick Fury, you know, a guy who's always so serious and finally kind of letting his hair down so to speak see i didn't when i saw it in theaters i didn't i didn't necessarily see it that way either it wasn't until joel pointed it out and i was and like i watched it again in, in in context of the scene and i was like oh i i, I could see how someone sees it that way but i compare it to tia when we broke down birds of prey what was the thing i told you that bothered me a lot about that movie is that there was such a lack of positive male presence and I'm like, there's a way to show how important women are without showing how horrible we are. Like, we get it. We, we are pretty bad. But, you know, we could be more than just the guy that gives her an egg sandwich. Uh, you know, like, there's more nice men that could have been in Harley's life than just the guy that gave her an egg sandwich. Um, it was just perceived that men were just not really that good. Um, and, you know, when you see it, you kind of go, it wasn't in your face. Like you had to have been like paying attention to the fact that every guy that came in contact with Harley was just the worst um, for you to kind of go, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but it wasn't in your face. Um, you know, and to me, I, I kind of think whenever someone has to, has to question, like if someone says, why not a female uh, director? And then if someone responds with, well, why so? That to me is problematic. It's toxic. It's like, what is your issue if I decide I do want my director to be female? What, what is your problem? Like, is your problem that I'm actively looking well, for female directors? It would be the same thing. Like, it'd be like, okay, Shang Chi is coming out, right? Mm-hmm. And if they were like, here's this white director that we have that's support, or even anything, or even a director of any other race other than someone who is Chinese to say, here, you're going to uh, do this movie about a 
you know, all these people who are Asian and it's supposed to be this big, huge movie to finally give like, you know, representation in the superhero world for Asian people. And it's like for you to be like, oh, but we don't care about being an Asian director or anything or blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, I don't know. There needs to be a point where you've, Marvel has had over 20 something movies and most of them have been directed by white guys. You've had like what? Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Oh my God. So, you know, what are they doing to these poor white men? You know, it's like, no, not yeah, at all. I, it I makes no sense to me. I think what people fail to realize is how racist Hollywood has been over the course of, I don't know, the existence of Hollywood. Uh, and I give you two really quick examples so I can pass it to you, Dom. Uh, we had a movie called The Last Samurai, where the hero of it was white, in Asia. Um, and then we had a movie called The Gods of Egypt, and there was only one black pharaoh, like one black king in all of Egypt, all of Egypt, Egypt. <laughs> and so I'm like, you look at that and you kind of go, something's wrong here with Hollywood. Um, so you not having more representation for um things like like what was that um uh that movie where it was like almost a hundred percent asian uh henry golding was in it oh um, uh, was it crazy rich asians yes if that was directed by like uh, you know a, a white male or something like that you could kind of look at it and kind of go no that's not how that should go like you know it's a movie that's supposed to be almost a hundred percent asian can we get it top to bottom like <laughs> let's not skip over the important steps here so to me, I think a lot of people who are in, I'm trying not to make this overtly political, but these comments usually come from one type of person. <laughs> and, and that's where it becomes problematic <laughs> because they don't really open their eyes to see it from someone else's point of view. Uh, it's just more so, well, I don't see the issue. And it's like, no, but that's the problem that you don't see the issue with the last samurai sure. having a white savior. <laughs> Go ahead, Tia. Juwan, because because I'm the resident white person on this podcast, I'll say it for you. White white men. <laughs> They're the ones there you go. making all there you go. So I don't only, have to be attacked. It's the only type. It's the only type of people that you see complaining about these things. And it makes no sense. I don't mean to ramble on, take any time away from Dom. It's just, it's ridiculous. And I wish that they would stop feeling that it's an attack on them. Because I really feel like things like this, they feel like it's an attack on them. Some people classify that as an insecurity. Y'all should get that worked out. Dom, how do you feel about uh, <laughs> Marvel actively seeking a female director for Captain Marvel's sequel? And I want to repoint this out because you were saying, Tia, you weren't that familiar with uh, Michelle McLaren or McLaren. Probably should have YouTubed her, her last name. But she actually directed um, a few episodes of Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Um, so, I mean, those are two of the biggest shows oh, in, nice. in TV history. Um, so, I mean, that's nothing to, you know, sneeze at. That's, that's great. Um, and both of those shows had phenomenal yeah. female, uh, female-driven characters. So uh, it really makes me think, like, no, she could do it. But, uh, Dom, what are your thoughts about Michelle being eyed um, and them actively looking for female uh, directors for Captain Marvel sequel? I think it's a, it's a good thing because there's this thing what people do. Um, <clears throat> there's people who take being inconvenienced 
is being oppressed. And, you know, everybody wants to be the one that my problem's worse than yours, but <laughs> they don't realize, like, there's, a, there's an Instagram page I used to follow called Headless Women of Hollywood, right? And the, the woman who ran it was trying to show that every single movie that gets put out um, that has females in it, it just glorifies their body and you never see their faces or their heads, right? Do they not realize that almost every movie that like even I grew up on, it, the women characters, if they weren't like the mom character or like the girlfriend, they were just like considered like sluts and hoes and an object. Right. And none of those guys complained then. Right. But now because, you know, there's a, a woman director, like you have a problem. It makes no sense to me because I watched the movie um, not too long ago. Um, never, rarely, sometimes, always. Right. And I had my girl watch it with me. And there was a scene because I watched it twice. There was a scene that I saw that I thought was insignificant to the movie. Right. As a scene where the girl was like, she finds out she's uh, pregnant. And she was like fixing her bra. And I was like, why they focus on this part? It's a small little scene, but like, I was like, why is it there? And she said, oh, because she was, you know, adjusting her strap because her boobs got bigger, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm a guy. That meant nothing to me because I don't understand that. Those are the type of things, the little things that make a character real that only a woman could have done because a guy wouldn't have shown that part at all. Um, and my thing is like to put it in the, terms that some of those people can understand if you have a sports team and you're like i need a running back you're not gonna go get offensive lineman as your running back you need a specific person or a specific body type that you want for your specific role so if i want a movie and i say oh i want this to feel this type of way so i need a woman there's nothing wrong with saying i need a woman if they said i want a mexican woman a black woman who cares like because that it, they're gonna go through this list of names of women and pick the best of those women. So you're still gonna get the best director, but they have one in particular that they want. And if it's not her, then it'll be the best out of their list. Like I I I don't I just don't get it. <laughs> like I've never taken what a lot of people like with the whole Captain Marvel being attacked or or birds of prey being uh making men a joke. I don't give a shit. Like I it's one of those like laugh at your stupidity laugh at your pain like like that means that i mean if, if i watch the comedy a lot the reason why you're offended is because it's true right that's why you're mad like so either a you don't get offended like me because i know i'm not that person that they're talking about or b you change your way because you're an, an ass and then if you get portrayed as an ass i mean we people love uh peter griffin he's the biggest dummy on tv Homer Simpson, always been a dummy. You have been making fun of men for so long, and they don't care about that because it's a cartoon, and maybe because it's a white guy. I don't know. But, I mean, Al Bundy, dummy. Like, there's a, you can go on a list, all these dads that are dummies, white, black, whoever. The men have been dummies on TV. Is it true? Maybe in some cases, maybe not in some cases, but I don't see why it matters if you got a product that you like at the end. Because if they put this movie out, and didn't say who the director was until after the movie, they probably wouldn't care if it's good. But the fact they said, woman, they're, oh my God. It's like, bro, like, you realize your mom probably ran your household or your grandma 
ran your family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're, <laughs> I just never understood that weird dynamic. And it's like, we, you know, want to date women. We want to, like, we have moms or sisters, aunts, whatever. But then if a woman's in charge, we flip out. A woman's been in charge of your life, your whole life, in most cases. You know what I mean? So I don't understand, like, what the issue is. Um, and, of course, when this movie comes out, it, they're going to be, they're going to hate it off top. So we already know that this is, a, this is a thing now. So when it comes to about to be released, we know there's going to be a lot of hate. And we know that it's stupid and unfounded because they haven't seen it yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, and for one, Marvel, or at least, let's, let's say Feige, he's very progressive-minded, right, or his staff along with him, they know that in Hollywood, there's a history of not that many directors of color, not that many women directors. He just wants to include everybody. And even if he doesn't really want to, he's at least acting like he wants to. You know what I mean? So I don't see why, I mean, I know why those people think it's an issue, but I don't logically understand why they think it's an issue and they have to kind of some fix themselves. Like, <laughs> go go hug your mom and, and let her tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I look at it and I kind of go, if you got a sister or a daughter and they're like, hey, I want to I want to be a director when I grow up. What do you tell them? Aim lower? Like, yeah. what, what do you say to them? Like, no, you can't do that. What? No, there'll never be a movie for you to direct. It's like, what? I don't get it. So you having an issue here, it's like, why? 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 Anyway, um, we, we all can agree we're excited for this progression. Um, I think Michelle sounds like a fine uh, person to take over for Captain Marvel. Um, I'd be really excited uh, for whoever they choose, as long as they are female. Um, mainly because I watched Captain Marvel, the first one, and I can't really get a grasp on which one of those two directors, like, you can't really get a feel of it. I I'm not familiar with either one of them, so I don't know who kind of maybe had a lot more say than the other. Um, I just know that that movie should not have come out before uh, Endgame. It should have came out a year later, where it did not have to force itself to blend right into Endgame. It could be its own thing. Same way Black Panther was its own thing. You wouldn't even have known he was one of the Avengers until you saw Bucky at the end, um, if you were in a comic book reader. That's how separate it felt from every other Marvel movie. And Captain Marvel being their first female-led superhero movie should have been the same thing. And that's where Feige failed on it. And I think he now sees that and realizes how much better this sequel needs to be um, for Captain Marvel. And Brie Larson seems like such a sweet woman. She deserves better um, than what they were able to put together with that first movie. Uh, with the phenomenal cast that they had also, by the way. Uh, it just should have done better. Um, so here's to hoping the sequel is a lot better than the first one. All right. Let's move on. And to be oh, fair. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Really quick. Really quick. You know that I didn't mind Captain Marvel. Of course, I know that it could have been better. But yeah, if you could give us like a much more polished Captain Marvel suit, then yes, let's do it. Like, I'm excited for this. And I do want to see way more space than we did the first time around. Yes. Uh, you to give me a character that was born in outer, well, not born, I'm sorry, 
for a character that spent most of her life in outer space, I saw too little of outer space for me to feel like it was a character from outer space. Um, so I, I want to see more of that, less of Earth, more of the entire galaxy out there that she explores. When she told Nat uh, uh, Natasha that, hey, Earth wasn't the only one that was affected. There's other planets out here that were affected. I'd like to know what the hell those other planets are, um, you know? Um, so explore that. Yeah. Explore it. I want Guardians and Captain Marvel to explore the unknown. But um, no, really good point, Tia. Really good point. All right. Let's move on. All right. So we got some news from uh, Warner Brothers. According to Warner Brothers, it says it will need at least 80% of theaters around the world to be open, which include key U.S. Uh, I keep wanting to say USA. Key U.S. cities such as L.A. and New York before it can commit to releasing The Tenant on July 17th. Um, I don't know why Warner Brothers is so keen to holding on to this movie coming out July in, in July when it looks like we're, we will barely be able to start going back to work in June. Um, and the worst place for you to send people uh, to without a cure is a movie theater. <laughs> Even if you tell people, hey, only 20 people can be in uh, a, a theater per, uh, you know, per showing, it still doesn't matter. Dom, I'm going to ask you this because this happens a thousand times more with guys than it does girls. How often are when you're in a, uh, the bathroom, you're at a, a, a urinal, <laughs> the guy will see an empty one eight rows down and come stand right next to you and then, right. and then start, why are you standing next to me? Why, why are you here? And then not wash his hands. Then he's not going to wash his hands. No, and then even worse, Dom, even worse than not washing your hands because I don't touch anything that he touches. So I don't, I don't necessarily care about that. Yes, it's gross. He'll talk to you. Why are you talking to me? This is my personal area. Don't talk to me. So I look at a movie theater and I can't tell you how many times I've gone into an almost empty showing, right? And I'll sit directly in the middle, perfect spot. And then like someone will come in and I'm like, all right don't sit near me, you know, like there's just so many empty seats. And he'll sit a row behind me, a seat directly behind me. Why? Why, man? Why? I don't want your presence near me. So I go, if you limit it 20 people uh, per showing, a lot of people want good seats, which are all in the middle. So wh what are you going to have? 20 people all in the middle. When are you going to tell them? No, you got to move further down. No, I paid for this ticket. I want to sit here. So I'm like, movie theaters is like the last thing we should be worried about opening once we start to slowly reopen everything. Um, so Warner Brothers should just shelf tenant till, you know, till they hear otherwise. Like, don't release it later on this year. If you wanted it to be a summer blockbuster, push it to next July. Um, will it suck? Yeah, of course. All these movies that we can't see right now suck. Um, but it's the life we're living right now. So to me... Don't open theaters and force someone to sit in my vicinity uh, when there's only limited seats. So there's just so many places for you to sit. Um, just keep it closed so we can figure out how to contain it, how to maybe cure it. That'd be great. Um, but uh, Tia, I'll start off with you. Your thoughts on Warner Brothers still waiting <laughs> for good news with theaters before they make their decision on, uh, on Tenet? Yeah, it's a little ridiculous that they're still trying to hold on to that 
um, that got that date because like New York just, I think, uh, so New York just put their stay at home order to June 13th, right? Um, I think Kelly told me that Massachusetts did their stay at home order until September. Um, I don't know how it is for other states. I know that others are reopening currently. Brittany told me in Arkansas they're actually allowing people to start going back to restaurants, which to me is a little crazy, but I reserve my opinion on that. Um, the only thing that I, I would say with movie theaters is one of my friends went to a movie theater literally just before all non-essential like companies got shut down. And she said that at the movie theater she went to, they literally blocked off seats. So if they were to let people come in very few, they would have to start blocking off seats, blocking off rows just to try to ensure that that doesn't happen. 20 people just all in the center. But that's not going to happen. That's unrealistic. These big companies are not going to open because China is, I think their numbers of the virus are going up. And we know that uh, these movie theaters need China when it comes to making their money with these theatrical releases. So to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, of course, the U.S., but it also matters internationally. Um, that's why James Bond at first decided to push their um, date was because China had literally shut down every single movie theater of them, and they were like, it doesn't make sense to release if China isn't on the board. So to me, I'm like, Tenet is not going to happen in July. I wouldn't doubt in a few weeks if we hear that that's now postponed to whenever. I just think, as you said, it's the reality that we live in. I hate that. I hate that I can't see Black Widow right now. I want to see Black Widow very badly, but I have now, in my brain, have shifted the thinking and going, okay, this is all going to be like I'm just going to have to wait, just like I I was waiting, and it's fine. So I don't think Tenant is going to happen. They just need to get over that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it's not in your best interest to. Like, I think if studios were smart, um, it's not in your best interest to uh, release movies right away because if an outbreak starts to happen from people going to theaters and the theater's shut down now and your movie is currently in the rotation of it, it's going to be hard for you to now pull that out with all the money you've put into the theater because you're now in the rotation of it. Um, and I feel like if you give people a reason to go to the theater, um, they'll go. And I'm like, I don't think they should go. So I'm like, you telling people, oh, you can go to parks. Do you know how often you'll, you'll just be like walking a path in a park and someone runs by you? Like all the room in the world and they run by you. It just happens all too much. And it's like driving. You're putting your faith in the fact that the other person driving knows what they're doing, right? Like you don't worry about you. You're like, obviously I don't want to get in a car accident. So I know I'm, I'm driving safe. What happens when the person just stupidly wants to run a red light? You know, you now have to trust that they're smart enough to know to stop there. It's same thing with, with, with uh, the everyday world. You have to be smart enough to know that someone's not going to want to sit near you or get anywhere in your space. And I feel like if you give people more opportunities to do these things, it, 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 it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I'll but, give you, so I'll give you an example. Like, 
at the supermarket near me, they say, you can't go in without wearing a mask. So you'll see people go in, you know, they'll wait online because I don't know if they're doing it in your guys' state, but you got to wait outside the freaking supermarket before being allowed to come in. So you'll be waiting online. The bodyguard, for all intents and purposes, will see that you have the mask on. And as soon as those people get out of sight, they take the mask off. There's no... Um, you know, they're not checking to see if people are still wearing the mask. I'm walking around the supermarket with my mask on and every other person doesn't have a mask on. So if you tell people, hey, go into this movie theater, but, you know, try to sit away from each other, it's not going to freaking happen. Yeah, no, I left the Dunkin' Donuts because the, the guy behind the counter had the mask below his nose and I'm like, oh, you don't get it. All right, I'm going to leave here. Like, I don't know how many, I don't, I don't know how often you see thing underneath. I see that all the time. I'm like, what do you think the mask is for? Like, it's wide enough to cover the nose and the mouth. Why? Because that's where your germs come from. Why are you leaving one of them open? You know, it's like, oh, it's just sneeze. Yes, that yeah. can kill me. What do you mean Ridiculous. it's just sneeze? Like, that's crazy. Um, but Dom, your thoughts, man. Uh, do you see the tenant coming out? Uh, in July still, do you, do you feel as though everything will be back to normal come July? Oh, no. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and, you know, I live in the, the South, and people tend to not care as much. Um, so, like, my state isn't on, like, a super strict uh, quarantining um, because every weekend that it seems like – it's weird because I've – I've had to go to work every day still since this thing started. So I see that like when people, like on Fridays, when people notice that it's sunny outside, it gives them this illusion that it's over. So everybody, and I live by the lake, like close to the lake. So like, yeah. I see people driving to the lake, all the different docks and it's mad packed by, close to my house every weekend. And I'm like, do y'all, y'all didn't just wake up and it was over, it's still happening. But even if it did, let's say they did open, so I was at a screening the Friday before everything shut down and it was at an art house theater. And what they were telling me they were doing were, uh, was they would limit it to 40% capacity. They would take a snapshot from the projector booth of where everybody's sitting. And then after the movie's over, they go clean that up, right? So this is the art house theater. The people that work there, the more adults, they're more responsible, and there's not as many theaters and as many seats. Now, when I go to some of these other theaters, like the big ones like the, the Malcos and the AMCs and the Regal, they're high school kids. They don't care. You think they're going to go really clean? I worked at the movie theater when I was in high school. You think I cared that much? No. <laughs> I, I'm making sure that it looks like, at least it looks like a, like a kid, go clean your room and they just stuff it underneath the bed yeah i'm just like oh i'll clean up the big stuff and then whatever so yeah it would if they tried to do it it just would backfire um now i did go to a drive-in screening on saturday so if they were to do that in certain places i don't know how many drive-ins are in america i know it's clearly not gonna be as many but i mean that's gonna be the only way that you have some kind of theatrical release is something like a drive-in um, because, I mean, I, I don't know why they're, they're pressed so hard to try to force it, because like you said, if you <laughs> put it out there and then another outbreak happens, 
well, you're just shit out of luck now. Um, so yeah, just shelf it. Um, and hell, you you could have people screen it and then tell you like, hey, we need you should change this, 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 and then you can have the perfect movie, you know, come time you really release it. So I feel like it yeah, it sucks. You spend all this money, you want to make your money back, but you can also take time to fix your mistake. So it's probably it could be better that you're holding it back. Yeah, and my biggest issue is if if I show up to my showing like a few minutes early and they're like, hold on, give him a few minutes to, to clean up in there, you know, before you guys go in there. And he comes out and he has a broom and a dustpan. I'm going to say I want my money back. Where's Lysol wipes? Where's spray? Where's, you know, where's the stuff that actually matters uh, in you cleaning your theaters from here on out? Um, so to me, that's that's one of my biggest issues. It's not necessarily like, oh, you know, like you could do a great job separating everyone so no one's right up on each other. But if I'm sitting in a seat that someone else sat in that they were sneezing, coughing up a storm, touching the, the you know, the armrest and everything, and all you did was sweep the popcorn off my seat, that's not cleaning. <laughs> what, what is that? Like if you tell you, like you said, Dom, if you tell your kid, hey, clean your room, you go in there and he made his bed. What is all this stuff all over the floor, though? Like, did you clean? I thought you just meant my bed. No, I didn't just mean your bed. Like, clean your room. So, to me, you got to do the necessary steps, or I'm not going to be in a movie theater for a while. Um, because I think what people don't think about is, let's say, okay, you think you don't have it. You can come home and spread it in your house. Uh, you can go to work, spread it in your workplace. Um, so, it's more than just you. Um, and I think that's what this world needs to think about. Tia made a great point. It's getting warmer, and that means people going to want to be outside. Um, if this happened in the winter, we'd have no problem. Everybody be in the house. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't nobody be outside. In the summer, goodness gracious, the outbreaks are going to be ridiculous. Um, but all right, let's do rapid fire for these last few topics so I can get you guys, get you guys up out of here. All right, um, we got some Star Wars news. We got Timothy... I can't pronounce it. Oflant? Of, Oflant? Oflant? Oliphant. Oliphant? Okay, there we go. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant. Um, not just him. We got other Star Wars news. Sorry, I thought I was on Geek Vibes Instagram. Um, our other Star Wars news is we also have, and this is huge news for me, Katie Sackoff is also joining The Mandalorian Season 2 along with Timothy. Uh, but Katie will be reprising her role as my wife, Bo-Katan, um, uh, in The Mandalorian Season 2. We also know that we will be getting back um, Boba Fett uh, in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Um, we also got news from the uh, Disney CEO that The Mandalorian Season 2 will not be uh, compromised due to coronavirus. So we should still be getting it. Hopefully sometime in October. I really wish they'd just give it to us now. Um, I'm sick of watching this documentary every week. It just makes me more anticipated for the show. Um, but, Dom, I'll start with you. Uh, how do you feel about some of the Star Wars news that we've gotten uh, in these past few weeks? It's, it's crazy because I feel like just when people were possibly upset about how, you know, uh, the saga ended in theaters then you get the mandalorian to like reinvigorate new and old star wars fans and the fact that 
not only are they able to get these huge stars on the Mandalorian, they all seem very excited to do it. And that's, I've never seen that before. The fact that you get all these, like the top of the top to come do this show and they're all like, I can't wait. I'm like, what's going on? This is, <laughs> this is like weird. And then the end that it just makes the show that much better. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I just started uh, watching um, Santa uh, Clarita Diet because my girl was watching it. I always thought it sounded weird. I didn't know what it was about. And I was like, oh, it's like zombies. Cool. And you know, Timothy's on there, and he was in the office, and that I've always liked that guy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this new season. It's gonna be really good. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I was actually Star Wars was the first geek related thing that I saw. Return of the Jedi. My mom got me for VHS, and then she followed that up with '89 Batman for VHS. <laughs> um, so that's what started my love for Batman, obviously. <laughs> Um, but Star Wars has always been very dear to me. And it, it's really cool to start to see um, how Star Wars is making an imprint on this generation. Um, that Because I think people forget the movies of Star Wars that we quote unquote hated came out over two or three decades ago. Um, so kids that were born in like 05 are kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, what is this Star Wars thing? Um, so them being able to see the cartoon, being able to see the newer movies, the Mandalorian, uh, it helps popularize Star Wars to a group of kids that could care less. Um, that's what I'm hoping G.I. Joe and Transformers does with their reboots, is that it reinvigorates kids' interests in uh, things that we grew up on that they probably look back and go, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You know, and it's like, well, you should. They're really cool. Um, so you want these things to hit off. Uh, to kind of strike these kids. But um, Tia, what are your thoughts on some of this Star Wars news? I know you were a very big fan of The Mandalorian Season 1. So first, let me start by saying, Dom, I know you're watching Santa Clarita Diet. Um, iZombie is a much better show, so make sure you check that out. It's on that first <laughs> season, and it's a completed series. Anyway, um... Yeah, you know me. I love The Mandalorian. And while I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, I think that The Mandalorian is something truly special. So, And as Don pointed out, it, it gets amazingly like huge talent, um, really excited to be on it. So the fact that Timothy is coming on is cool. I really love the show Justified. So that is just like, ooh, cool, you know, and he's playing essentially a space cowboy, so it's perfect. Um, I'm just excited about all of it. I just wanted to be here. You don't need to sell me any further with a Mandalorian. It's cool that we're getting Boba Fett in it because essentially that, you know, is such an iconic character, essentially the first Mandalorian that we've ever seen in Star Wars, you know, uh, film history. So I don't really have anything else to say other than the fact that, again, we've talked about this before with things where it's like, I don't need to know anymore. I'm going to watch the show regardless, and I'm just excited for it. All right. Now, the Star Wars geek in me, Tia, has to correct you, not necessarily because of what you said, but because I hear it too often. And what I wanted to correct was, Boba Fett is not, was not, and will never be a Mandalorian. He stole their armor. Um, his armor just looks like the Mandalorians, but he is not 
a Mandalorian. And what's funny was when the Mandalorian was announced and they showed him in his armor for the first time, a lot of people were like, yo, I wonder how he's connected to like Boba Fett. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not a Mandalorian. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> if you watch Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the, uh, the animated show, they even talk about uh, this renegade that kind of stole their look uh, and, and, you know, wreaked havoc um, and, and kind of made the, the world, uh, the world kind of seem like Mandalorians were these bad people. Um, so he is not a Mandalorian. He just happens to wear armor that looks like the Mandalorians. But, um, but I'm really excited about Katie Sackhoff, uh, Bo-Katan, who is a Mandalorian, being on the show is, um, I think a lot of people were confused. I think this show made a lot of non-Star Wars fans think that Mandalorians can't show their face. Uh, the Mandalorians are like gangs. All gangs have different parts of those said gangs. Um, so the Mandalorians are the same way. There is a, uh, a version of the Mandalorians that don't show their face. And then there are other Mandalorians that are just kind of like, yeah, no, I take my helmet off all the time. Yeah, like, he saw my face. No, she saw it too. You know, so that's what Bo-Katan is. Bo-Katan usually does not have her helmet on unless she's flying. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see Bo-Katan in live action. And also, I'll get you guys' really quick opinions about it. I forgot. Rosario Dawson's being rumored to be playing Ahsoka Tano. Uh, so Ahsoka is the old is she'll be playing an yeah. old version of Anakin's Padawan. Um, so Tia, I'll start with you. Uh, your thoughts on Rosario Dawson possibly playing one of the now more iconic characters in in Star Wars? Yeah, it's funny because you know I actually used to watch the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, and I haven't kept up, but I remember that character. I liked her look. I liked her attitude. And as you said, she is now one of the most iconic characters. I believe uh, people really wanted her to be in a live action capacity in, uh, oh, God, the one that just came out, the Star Wars that just came out. Oh, God, oh, I can't Skywalker. remember what it's The called. last Skywalker. Yeah, so I know they really want her to be in that. So the fact that she is coming to the Mandalorian, I'm happy for fans. I really am. I think this is really cool. And Rosario Dawson's going to be such a good version of that character. So I'm. That's awesome to me. She's a great actress. And I now, when you like look at them side by side, even though it was like an animated cartoon, you can see where she will nicely transform into that character. I'll say this to you. Um, I would suggest you watch uh, the last four episodes of this past season, this final season, because um, you'll really, you'll really feel like that. Uh, because she's mm -hmm. obviously a lot older than she was when you when you were watching it. Um, she's, I'd say, maybe early twenties in in uh, in the final season of this. So by the time you get to the Mandalorian, she'll be mid thirties, early forties. Um, and you'll see that transition yeah. so much more flawlessly um, because she looks just like Ahsoka. Um, so, and her voice is just as soft. Um, so I'm like, it's, it's freaking perfect. But uh, Dom, your thoughts on Rosario Dawson mm -hmm. possibly making her live action debut as Ahsoka Tano on The Mandalorian season two? That's a, I think that's perfect. Because for me, Rosario Dawson can do no wrong ever since Men in Black 2 and then Sin City and Death Proof. I'm just like, 
give me more. And then seeing her on like the Marvel show, like I, I can't get enough. So um, I didn't watch Clone Wars. I've seen a, I've seen a little bit of Clone Wars, and like 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 T, I know that character is like the badass you want, and who else you know because you want to play that character. So I think that's a, a perfect casting, and you know she's gonna knock it out of the park. So uh, I can't wait. Yeah, the, sitting in front of her, there were a lot of. I don't think I've ever sweated as much as I did in that moment. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. Um, it was like it was like, all right, Joel, you asked the question. He's like, no, 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 you asked the question. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like my question wasn't even that good because I was so nervous. Um, but all right, let's let's move on. Uh, we got just two more uh, two more left, and we can wrap this up. Um, we got an official announcement from Umbrella Academy from the cast doing a live, well, not a live, but doing a Zoom uh, promo, which is hilarious, doing a Zoom promo, letting us know that we will be getting season two, July 31st of this year. Um, I thought that was interesting. I've, I would love to speak to Netflix's um, marketing department because a lot of people forgot that Umbrella Academy was even going to be coming out. Like a lot of people were like, was it ever renewed? And I was like, it was renewed like three days after it came out. But it came out so long ago that you forgot about it. Um, so I'm like, why weren't they like dropping little hints and stuff leading up to the big announcement? Um, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I stumbled across it and was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I did miss it. Not as much as I thought. But yeah, I'm excited for it to come back. Um, so... We got we got the news. Uh, obviously, we do not have a trailer. It was just them on Zoom. Uh, I assume the trailer will be coming probably during San Diego Comic-Con at home. Um, I assume it'd be the smartest thing to do. It, San Diego Comic-Con is in July. No, maybe it makes sense to have one next month. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> getting into my marketing bag. Sorry. Uh, Dom, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the official uh, release date for Umbrella Academy season two? No, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you on their marketing because I think that that's a reason why some of the shows that people like end up getting canceled is because they don't market some of these shows. That they're so busy marketing new ones that they forget about the ones that people like. Like I just looked up um the haunting of hill house the other day because i couldn't remember if the season two was happening this year because the first season was two years ago um yeah so I, they do need to fix that um that show i i caught on to it late and then i was happy i think it was on both your your suggestion to watch it and um i was like oh this show is really good um and it makes me want to like go and like look at the comics and see how these characters play out um, so yeah, I, I'm excited for it. They should have definitely hyped it up a little bit more, especially you have the perfect time. You've been doing this for the past two months, hyping it up to get ready for it. Um, just to kind of keep it in people's minds, do some kind of drop silhouettes of villains on Instagram, something. Um, but yeah, it should, I, I expect it to be just as good, if not better than the first season. So yeah, that's a, and, and it's, it's kind of going to cap off, you know, the summer a little bit so yeah it should be good timing yeah i mean i, I still think 
excuse me, um, if the way everything's going, if they're trying to open up the world again uh, next month, just drop it now. Because I told you guys before, even if we think it's stupid for people to go out right away, once people are out, they're out. They're, they're not staying in the yeah. house to watch your show. Um, so it just it's kind of like, I don't know why you're waiting. Um, but Tia, your thoughts on Umbrella Academy getting the official release date of July 31st on Netflix? Yeah, so obviously Netflix sucks with its marketing. Um, obviously Netflix gave no zero fucks about uh, The Punisher season two and Jessica Jones season three, which is why their marketing for those shows were so abysmal. But their marketing for Narcos Mexico season two was also terrible, which made me like really pissed because I'm like, I love this show and it's going to get canceled because the viewership is down because they don't bother to freaking market it. So their marketing sucks. I completely forgot about Umbrella Academy. Kelly and I were talking to each other like, oh, that's right. Um, But I really liked what they did with the Zoom video because I don't know if you guys realize that's the same dance and song that they did in the first season when they were all in their separate rooms dancing to each other. And someone actually did a really cool side-by-side between the Zoom video and what actually happened. And it's pretty spot on. So good for all of them to do that. That was actually gold. If they could get their marketing team to do things like that, just sprinkle it around, they would be good. Um, I'm excited for it. Now that I have remembered about Umbrella Academy. I'm like, yeah, that was a good show. That was interesting. And it left off with a huge cliffhanger. So I'm excited for season two. And as you said, I wish they would just drop it already. I'd watch it now. I have no shows, like at all. I have nothing to watch pretty much. I'm watching endless amounts of mindless YouTube. Please drop the freaking season already. (laughs) Yeah, nah, I'm completely with you. Um, we actually just got a uh, word from Kanan that a uh, brand new trailer for Tenet is supposed to drop tomorrow. So Warner <laughs> Brothers is really holding on to that July. Um, They're but, really <laughs> hey, they are really holding on to that thing. But uh, as much as I'm excited to see this trailer, I don't want to see it and enjoy it and then they're like, sorry, guys, next year it'll be out. And you could have waited for this trailer. Like, why, yeah. why'd you tease me with it? But anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm completely with you guys. I'm excited for Umbrella Academy Season 2. Um, huge fan of it. I did read some of the comics. One of its villains is like a huge Abraham Lincoln, like uh, like robot or something like that, like a huge Abraham Lincoln statue. Um, so the show gets really wacky, gets really freaky, um, and I can't wait to see. Which uh, I love. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait to see what they do new in Season 2. I'm really excited for it, but drop it now. All right, uh, on to the next one. Uh, the Boys Season 2, another show that, as much as I fight myself to do so, it's very easy to forget about um, because you've heard very little, if not anything. Um, but we got some news. Apparently, it looks like July 26th of this year, we will be getting Season 2 of The Boys. Uh, the cast did get together to do a little Q&A thing. I know they just did a convention. Um, I almost, I, Joel talked me out of this. All right. Let me go off topic just for a few seconds. They did a convention from, uh, obviously from their homes. So to do uh, interviews and stuff like that, you could pay like 60 to $80 to talk to them, right? And 
I'm looking and I'm kind of like, I don't really want to talk to anybody. Um, and then I'm like, Karen Fukuhara, $60. I could do that. And Joel's like, $60 to talk to her. To talk about what? I was like, I'd pay 60 just to tell her I love her. He's like, don't, don't do that. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I didn't, but it took a lot of infighting to not hit sin. I would have died if I were you. To talk to Karen Fukuhara. I love that woman so much. But um, no, so the cast has been talking uh, about season two. They've been talking about how excited they are for us to see it. Uh, new stakes, new heights, new characters, new feel. Um, so, I mean, they've been doing their job. The cast has. Uh, Amazon, you could have done a lot better to kind of remind us that, hey, we're still here, guys. We're coming out this year. Um, you know, I, I would love to be ahead of the marketing team for all of these these streaming services. But we're getting the boys season two this year, July 26th, it seems like. Tia, you loved the show. Like, loved, loved the show. Um, so how excited I are you? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. How excited are you that it looks like we have an official uh, release date? Yeah, I love this show. Uh, I think I put it as like my favorite superhero comic book show of all time. Like besides The Punisher and Daredevil, like The Boys in Doom Patrol, just like the most glorious ones ever. Um, And I have been thinking about The Boys recently because Brittany and I did a top 10 last week and she put down... It was uh, top 10 most uh, destructive superheroes, and she put down uh, Homelander. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. I forgot about the boys. And it's like, they're just so, oh, God. I'm so happy to have an official release date. Um, as you said, like, what is up with these streaming services doing the absolute least to freaking promote their shit? Like, the boys was a huge success. It's not like the boys had you know, like, mild reviews. The Boys was a massive success when it first came out. You need to be promoting that more. So I'm pumped. I love that show. I can't wait to see what else is going on in this crazy world. And I think what Carl Urban and the cast has said that it's going to be even crazier. It's going to be even wackier than season one. And season one already was crazy. So I'm, I'm... excited to pump it up to 11 man like i'm so pumped no i'm completely with you and dom it did me and tia's heart very well to know that we got you to finally bunker in and watch it um because we know you loved it um so how excited are you that we're getting a season two this year uh seemingly in a month and a half a month and a half yeah maybe a month and a half but uh, how excited are you that we officially got the release date for uh, the boys season two? Yeah, I uh, I'm really glad that they didn't wait a long time to put it out because I remember just like that scene, and, and I'm sure it sticks out a lot of people's heads. But when uh, Age Train ran through that through the uh, through that girl, I was I, as soon as that happened, I was like, this is gonna be a good show. This is gonna be a great show. Um, and in the, every episode, they got better. And that doesn't happen very often. Um, and, it, and it's just, um, it's, it's such a, a great concept of, you know, <laughs> essentially you have superhero influencers 
and they have you know what I mean like and they have to do all these crazy like, so it fits it fits into like what we see now with you know YouTube and Instagram with these influencers but then you give them superpowers and they're working with this giant conglomerate and they have to do these certain things and like oh it's so good I um I can't wait for it to 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 drop because I think I watched that I think I said I watched it one day I was like I'm not moving until this is over um so yeah it's great <laughs> great characters like and whoever I need to find out who the um the showrunner writers were because they did a fantastic job absolutely they uh they brought a new flair to what it means to be a superhero show uh to where your heroes aren't heroes um and i still can find like even in daredevil even in punisher even in flash arrow there's not one scene in either of those in any of those shows that has a bigger impact to me in my opinion than when he's on the airplane and she's like we got to save them and he's kind of like Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that scene traumatizes me to the point where, like, if I go, because I've rewatched The Boys a few times after, I will literally skip through that scene. I can't watch that scene. It's, it's so, that it's so, but it's like, it's like they did it. They did it. You know? Oh God. <laughs> every time, every time I see that scene, I think of how Iron Man was able to save like thirty people <laughs> in Iron Man Three. But Homelander, who could legit fly, didn't need a suit of armor, was kind of like, no. Sorry. Well, can you at least save my kid? No. Sorry. That was the craziest part. I was like, bro, no. You can't say what? No. No. Because then she'll tell people that I let everybody die. Then I got to kill her. Let her die here. Let her die here. But um, I, I think we covered a lot today. Uh, this is a great return of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, glad I got to do this with both of you. It would have sucked if, uh, if one of you guys couldn't have made, uh, made it for this episode. Glad I got to do it with both of you. Um, huge shout out to Tia and Dom. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I had you guys on here long enough. Uh, I think we've, we've covered the majority of the, the big news topics. Um, everyone watching, make sure you guys stay tuned for um, Top 10. Make sure you stay tuned for GVN Game Night. Uh, Dom, me, uh, me, you, and my uncle, and possibly my dad, very weird, uh, could be doing the show tomorrow night to recap uh, Nelly and, uh, and Ludacris and a few more music topics. Um, but stay tuned. We have so much content. Star Wars Saturdays. Uh, we got a new show called GVN News coming next week. Um, we just got so much stuff coming for you guys. Check out all of our articles. Um, they worked so hard. Tia and those guys worked so hard on those articles. Check them out, please. We just put out a whole bunch today. No excuses. Go check them out. Um, and thank you guys again for joining us for an all new returning episode of Geek Vibes Live. But, so next time. <laughs>